Alright everyone, another episode of the Metal Line Ice Softball Podcast, and we sit here recapping a 11-5 win for number 4 East Peoria over Bloomington here on Monday, April the 3rd. In a game that, really when you look at it, um, ended up kind of interesting, and I'll get to that um, particularly with Coach Denae Menzioni, but also just breaking the game down as we sit here at the moment, uh, East Peoria led one nothing after the first, exploded for seven runs in the second, two more in the third. They were already at the ten-run threshold. It was only the third inning. Uh, if you take those first three innings out, and you know that's a whole woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, but Bloomington wins five-one. Uh, the the other Raiders, if you will, um, certainly didn't go down without a fight. Five-run third, two-run seventh. So, I mean, they were right there, and, I mean, East Peoria was getting bad on ball, 13 hits, and another thing I talk about with Coach Menzioni is that Bloomington was making really solid contact. Now, Emily Compton had a good enough defense behind her that I feel like, you know, you can afford to pitch for contact um, in in that facet. Um, Not too many errors were made on the Raiders' side, uh, that being East Peoria. I feel like I'm actually going to have to say the school names the rest of the episode. Um... Bloomington did make a couple in really crucial situations, and I'd have to go back and double-check the play-by-play, but I believe all three of the errors committed by Bloomington resulted either in a run or a base runner that did eventually become a run. Um, so, you know, the errors maybe not super low, but still, I think, significant enough a number, um, kind of in that middle ground, that three errors, that they definitely affected the game. Um and Coach Menzioni uh, talks also in this interview about just the attitude of not wanting to be satisfied with being up 10-0 and make sure you finish the job because, I mean, that those three runs for Bloomington were scored in the top of the fifth. East Peoria was three outs away from ending it in five, and they ended up playing a full seven. So if you, if you break it down exclusively by those first four innings, East Peoria looked dadgum near flawless today. Um, you know, little incy things here and there, but I mean, again, I still think it's kind of early. I know middle line I play is supposed to start tomorrow, but all in all, I think a pretty solid win, uh, for East Peoria. Um, let things kind of slide late, but I think they had built up enough of a cushion that you can kind of afford that. And I'm not saying, you know, you need to be satisfied with that 10 run lead as I already said, and as coach will, uh, say as well. Um, but I thought they did all right. Um, let's take a look at the box score uh, for EP. Uh, Ashlyn Sweat had a two-hit game, both singles. Gabby Lane had a three-hit game, two singles and a double, two RBI as well. Uh, Emily Compton, as good as she did in the circle, probably the team's best hitter for the game. Uh, four hits, two singles, two doubles, two RBI. Um, and then single hits, uh, Olivia Strawn, Sofia Ravallo, Kaylin Krotz, Meadow Terry all had hits uh, as part of that 13-hit game for EP. Uh, five doubles uh, in the game, all others uh, were singles. So it didn't really have to do a whole lot in terms of the extra base hits. Uh, final pitching line for Emily Compton, seven innings, uh, 102 pitches, five earned runs, 10 strikeouts. Uh, two called, eight looking, nine hits, one walk, uh, no hit batters, uh, 
whip for those of you that don't know walks and hits per innings pitched a I think kind of under talked about stat uh 1.43 um at that clip and eight and a 87.1 percentage rate for first pitch strikes so all in all a pretty solid outing for her um needing to work over the triple digit mark but that's not always a horrible thing um they did get that pitch count into that mark like I said but I I still think a, a pretty solid outing from her um, all things considered, again, with the 10 strikeouts especially. Um, so, again, East Peoria winner, 11-5 over Bloomington. And we'll now cut into our postgame chat with head coach Danae Menzioni. So I want to start off with obviously the early commanding 10-0 lead. Things did kind of slip a little late. Do you kind of chalk that up to maybe being a little satisfied with the 10-0 lead, or what do you think changed later in the game? Yeah, unfortunately, I think we got into a complacent 10-0 and 5, and, you know, that's what we talked about. You just you can't ever let anybody hang around. You just got to seal the deal and close it out. I thought for the most part, like I said, until later in the game, they were making really good contact with the defenses right there to make the plays in the situations when they came up. Can I talk about that defense? Our defense? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, you kind of go out there with your starters, and I think we we came out ready to go. And, like I said, we've got to get that lead, hang a little looser. And, um, I mean, they, they, they made some solid contact, and um, that's hats off to them. They never died, and we just got to do a better job on our end. Kind of talk about what it means to be seeing Emily tough that out despite, you know, whether it be the hard contact or the runs late that she toughed it out and still got the win in the circle. Yeah, I mean, Emily's a competitor. There's no secret about that. She she fights and she grits it out. I don't think she was her best today, but, you know, you come out with a win, that's awesome. If I'm not mistaken, you guys are have conference play coming up next. Is that correct? Kind of, kind of talk about the – metaphorical war that I think I might have even talked about with you in the preview episode about what middle line I play means and kind of turning that page even though I know you got non-cons between now and then as well yeah I mean it's an exciting time of year we've we've worked for weeks to get going and now we kind of get into our hefty part of the year and um, I mean it's going to be a battle every single game every single day and you go to work and you fight it out to the end all right thanks coach All right, I want to thank Coach uh, for the time to chat afterwards. It'll be a really busy episode uh, tomorrow if everything goes on as scheduled. Um, really big day planned, and like I said, I'll get to that in just a bit. Um, we typically take this time to take a look around the conference outside of the game uh, covered primarily in the episode, which in this case, like I mentioned, is the 11-5 win for East Peoria over Bloomington. Um it's been a couple days, but haven't gotten to talk about it since it happened. A shout-out to Coach Anna Bundy and the Canton Little Giants. Um, they swept their games um, at, well, I think one was, they might have both been at Hits for the Cure. Yeah. They swept both their games at Hits for the Cure, beating Centennial by a 10-run rule. And then the biggest win of the weekend for them, a 3-2 win over 3-8, number 19 Sterling. Again, 3-2 on Saturday that was, I believe, yep, a walk-off fielder's choice uh, that Jaden Walters scored on our uh, season preview or team preview episode guest uh, for the Little Giants. So, again, Canton 
they are scheduled to play at Morton tomorrow at 4.30, uh, but did want to make at least a brief mention of their top 3A top 20 win uh, over number 19 Sterling. So, again, shout out to them. Uh, Dunlaps slipped a little bit. They were one of the last undefeated teams remaining in the conference. They're now 3-2. and two. Um, Today they lost an awesome game uh, to IVC, who obviously has a great pitcher in the circle in Katie Petron. Um, it was, again, one nothing, and Dunlap couldn't push a hit across. Um, it was a no-hitter and had... Had Hindenburg not drawn a walk for the Eagles, it uh, would have been a perfect game. Uh, number of Eagles up and down the lineup striking out twice, sometimes three times, but Petrin, you know, on that level, maybe not the peak level, because, you know, you talk about your Sage Margetko's at Lamont. Sorry to keep bringing that name up, but she's just that good. Um, there are pitchers that in that general vicinity of talent that are just so strikeout dominant that if you're not careful at the plate, those numbers will pile up like that. So I think you just chalk that up to uh, the level of talent that Petrin presents in the circle and not be so um, bent on the 18 strikeouts at the plate. Um, of course, a 1-0 game is a pitcher's duel. Uh, Kennedy Clayton, a uh, complete game in the circle, seven innings, three hits, just the one earned run, no walks, and a 10-strikeout game for her. Uh, so obviously she gets credited with the loss, but I thought still did a pretty awesome job, at least looking at it in the box score. Uh, that was the other game I was looking at going to um, over East Peoria Bloomington. Um, in the end, combined with the Twitter poll, and just kind of how things worked out scheduling-wise tonight on, on the personal side for me. Uh, East Peoria was a much more convenient uh, location, uh, so that's where I ended up going. But looks like an awesome uh, game in Dunlap, despite the Eagles dropping that one. And again, uh, they did also lose on Saturday to Brimfield 4-3. to So again, the Eagles uh, were undefeated entering the weekend at 3-0. and They are now 3-2. and Limestone is three and one. They haven't played in a little while. They um, they lost at Pontiac. Um, Metamora, give them a little mention. Um, we'll save them towards the end, though. Uh, haven't played since the twenty-six one over twenty-six to one win uh, at Streeter on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit more about them uh, at the end here. Uh, Morton is now one and two. They got their first win of the year. Uh, beating DMAC today 6-4. to four. Uh, It was tied 4-4, to four, um, entering the seventh inning. Let's see here. It was a Booth two-run single. It scored both Guerra and Gashaw uh, to set the 6-4 final. Um, see some notable. Gashaw two hits. Cantwell two hits. Marion two hits. Carpenter in the circle, seven innings, no walks, three Ks. Uh, so good win for the Potters. And again, uh, I know I talked about it uh, episodes ago, but their ability to stay with LaSalle Peru despite the 11-run final score, I think the Cavaliers just finally started clicking later in that game, but they were with them for the most part, so maybe a sneaky team to watch out for uh, down the road. Um, Pekin was off today. They are scheduled to be at Dunlap. Again, super exciting day tomorrow. Uh, opening day for, I believe, everybody. I think all eight teams are playing tomorrow. Uh, opening day in the Middle Atlantic Conference. We're going to have a special bonus episode, I believe, uh, tomorrow morning. 
uh, with Adam Duvall from the Peoria Journal-Star. He'll be back for the second time on the podcast uh, to give maybe his insights on what he expects from the Mid-Illini Conference this season. Uh, Pekin, I believe right now, is the last undefeated team left in the Mid-Illini Conference. Yep, they're 3-0 and and again are scheduled to play at Dunlap tomorrow. Okay, now we can talk about the big one. Uh, Metamora at Washington tomorrow from Jan Smith Field. We're going to have the call of that one on Mixler, and it's going to be probably our most comprehensive post-game episode yet because we're going to have broadcast highlights. It's going to be an interconference game, so you're going to hear from both head coaches uh, on the podcast episode, if not live on the broadcast. Um, and on top of that, it is going to be an awesome game. Uh, number three, Metamora, number seven, Washington. I... I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say as lock in a one nothing score, uh, but when you look at how well, uh, in Metamora's case, Sidney Trentman, Nora Johnson have been pitching, um, and in Washington's case, Brooklyn Ogden primarily, Bailey Herrick a little bit as well, how well those two have been pitching, and kind of like I talked about an episode or two ago, how strong Washington is on the defensive side of the ball, not just in the circle, but the group as a at, well, Washington as a cohesive defensive group, how talented they are in that facet of the game. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, truly, It's truly a test as to how good that defense is because Metamore is actually on pace for the second highest scoring season by total runs in IHSA softball history. Uh, they're on pace for 502. The record is 507. Um, so... I'm not obviously saying they're going to get that record, but the point stands that how potent Metamore's offense has been uh, through their first seven games of the year, and I think it's a true test to, I would assume, Brooklyn Ogden. Uh, they might throw Bailey Herrick. I don't know. We'll see. Um, my guess would be Brooklyn, but again, you know, we'll see what happens to come tomorrow afternoon, but um, it'll be a testament to her as well in the circle um, in terms of trying to hold down the Metamore lineup. Uh, they did a pretty good job of that the second time around last year. Uh, they won 7-1 to in Metamora, but the Redbirds did win at Jan Smith Field last year, something they hadn't done in a while at the time, uh, beating Washington 6-4 um, at their place. Again, I think um, Metamora, it will be interesting to see because you got Pontiac, a uh, close loss, to, fairly close loss to Pontiac. It's kind of gracious. Four runs does start to get to be a little bit. Um, the win over Huntley, win over Good Mount Zion team, a deceptively good win um, over Streeter. I thought that game was going to at least be slightly more entertaining than 26-1, to to be quite frank, um, considering how close they were to making that a much more entertaining game against Washington. Um, but Metamore ended up winning by 25 runs on Thursday. Um, so, I mean, if the bats can come out that great, that'd be awesome. Um, but... Kind of conversely, like I say, how much of a test it will be um, for Brooklyn Ogden and or Bailey Herrick in the circle as to how they can attack Metamora's bats, considering the, I don't even know the overall total of runs. There have been one, two, three, four games, four of their seven uh, with ten or more runs. I think the uh, actual average is like 12-something runs per game. Um, But how... Brooklyn or Bailey uh, can either shut down that potent of an offense or at least limit them. And conversely, how truly good are those Metamora bats if they can show up, maybe not to the 26, 22, 14 run extent, but 
maybe high single digits, low double figures um, against such a good pitching staff again, whether it be Ogden or Herrick. So it's kind of a uh, interesting battle as to how things shape up on paper, and that's what makes it super exciting. Again, uh, there is some severe weather that's anticipated to be in the area tomorrow, but so far as we know, I even talked with Coach Lawson. It sounds like, at least as of our recording this, again, it's late on Monday night. Um, as of now, they're not going to jump the gun and plan on playing tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but again, it should be a very um, exciting ball game uh, tomorrow, number three, Metamore at number seven, Washington. If you're listening to this and the game hasn't happened yet, please, if you can, if you feel like it, brave the weather, uh, go out to Jan Smith Field. Um, if the game happens, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm no Jim Cantori, but I think the weather will happen late enough that the game will get in. Um, but if, if you don't want to brave the elements, uh, you want to stay safe, stay back home, whatever you, whatever it may be. Um, again, we will have the call live on Mixler. Uh, you can keep an eye on my social media platforms, uh, for that. Uh, one more time, um, our game of choice, um, on our post game episode today, uh, number four, East Peoria over Bloomington. Uh, final line scores for both teams. East Peoria, 11 runs, 13 hits, one error, eight runners left on base. Bloomington, five runners, or five runs, nine hits, three errors, and four runners left on base. And the time of the game was one hour and 46 minutes. A uh, quick recap um, of the other scores again. Dunlap losing one to nothing to IVC. And it was Morton defeating DMAC uh, 6-4 to today um, at DMAC. So the first full day of middle line scheduling uh, tomorrow one more time. Canton is at Morton. They should all be 4.30 first pitches. Canton at Morton. Dunlap versus Pekin. And I'm missing one. <laughs> Canton, Morton. Canton at Morton, Pekin at Dunlap, oh there we go, Limestone at East Peoria, and all due respect to the other teams, the Big Kahuna, Metamora at Washington. It should be, again, an awesome opening day. I know the weather doesn't look super cooperative, but hopefully just cooperative enough to get the best conference in the state's conference schedule underway tomorrow. Again, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode. We're looking at a special bonus episode. It could be a two-episode day if Mother Nature cooperates tomorrow. Uh, we're looking to have a bonus episode potentially uh, bringing in Adam Duvall from the Peoria General Star tomorrow morning. Uh, give you maybe predictions. Will I get predictions out of Adam? We'll have to see. Should be an exciting episode for you to tune into uh, tomorrow morning, previewing the upcoming middle line I schedule and a little bit of an updated power rankings from yours truly based on what I've seen out of the conference uh, in non-conference play. Uh, so again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This has been another episode of the middle on I softball podcast. <laughs>